you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The Around the NFL Podcast. Lives for this stuff, bro! That's right! Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. I'm Greg Rosenthal, sitting in for Dan Hansis today. We'll be back on Thursday alongside a couple of heroes in the Chris Wesseling Podcast studio. It's Mark Sessler and Patrick Claybon. What's up, guys? Uh, there's a lot of important people here today. Yeah. And there was a, a crew of them. Walk, I, I say that whenever people are in suits. And I walked past a bunch of people in suits. And somebody was telling them, like, yeah, uh, Mark Sessler and Greg Rosenthal and Dan Hansis do a podcast. And the, and Wait, like, really? Yeah. Is this true? There were, they, were they, put it, they put it in that order? I liked the order. Yeah, that, that was the order. I, it may have been because they walked by and, and that was the order. No, he wasn't there because there were people in suits that had no idea who they were pointing at me while I was sitting here eating an apple by myself <laughs> in the uh, studio. Well, but you know where we sit. In the newsroom, um, I'm constantly I, I have the most fishbowl seat possible because yeah. they bring those tours by its school kids or its executives or fill in the blank. And like I'm sitting there with like two cups of coffee, like I look like a disaster, and they're just staring at you, like that's, me typing. That's staring Sunday at my mornings. Screen. I miss that. I I can't wait for uh, whatever it's visiting. back, baby. Dignitaries, yeah, I believe Troy Vincent, uh, who, who works in the league office, but many other league office figures around uh, the studio. Mark Sanchez was just in this studio, but as much as I want to like. I see how you're doing, Patrick. It's nice to see you. It's been a little uh, bit, and 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 Mark. Obviously. Yes, Great to see you are you. concerned about how I'm doing. I'm sure. Um, it's just like we can't wait any longer. One of the biggest stories yeah. um, that we've covered and around the NFL happened Ever. this week. Let, let's just drop that news drop right now, Eric. Hey, how about that? Huh? Yes! <laughs> that was Ron Rivera. In the winning locker room, commanders take down the Ravens on Monday night football, crowd going crazy. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, it, it felt big because it was big. Jahan Dotson said after the game, I felt like we just had the biggest preseason <laughs> W in history. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. I mean, I would say, <laughs> because if you talk about when they were branded as the commanders, okay, I'm saying even post Washington football team, like 
That is the. This was the biggest moment in Commander's history. What? <laughs> well, was, I guess that's what, what was bigger. What was bigger? Like a, a, some hollow victory in Week Four a year ago? No. Yeah. Before that, before this, it was the opening press conference for Josh Harris and Magic Johnson mm. there, and there's fanfare. But this was actual football, and people were poo-pooing it. The celebration we heard Ron in the locker room. <laughs> they they ran the end of the game celebration, and they everybody's on the field like. Let the let the dudes have fun. Like a lot of those dudes may not ever play NFL football. And like Greg Troy Aikman called it. He said, "This is the greatest preseason game I've ever been a part of." It, it actually was great from the the first half where Josh Johnson and Sam Howell are going up and down the field, and it looked like football because we had a lot of starters, especially for Washington, playing. And then you get to the end and the drama and the comeback. And uh, wait, who was it again? Uh, Jake Fromm Jake from. <laughs> for uh, Washington. And the excitement in Joe Buck's voice uh, on the game-winning field goal was just incredible. The crowd is on their feet. They <laughs> That's Troy. This is good stuff. All right, here we go. <laughs> Troy, I feel like, had a little tongue-in-cheek for perhaps of the game. But it's still good for them to pretend. Listen it to the crowd. Is good. <laughs> That's a preseason game. <laughs> and with nine seconds left, the commanders are on top by one. Great job. Great job by uh, Joe, of course, but also by the ESPN cameras immediately catching uh, the awkward high fives for the ownership group uh, in Washington. And that crowd was loud. I'm not shocked. The Raiders crowd, I got to admit, was very loud, louder than any preseason game I've ever been to on Saturday. I can only imagine what's happening. I'm, I'm sad that Dan's not here for this. Of course, he did the Hard Knocks podcast on Tuesday. Everyone should check that out. But I couldn't wait another day before we got. Well, there. Dan, you know, Dan, I, I, I became very um, enthused by this streak that the Ravens, um, you know, concocted, and I don't think it will ever be touched by any other team ever again while we're alive. Um, but Dan offered that he say, did say he would apologize mm. um, after gu- essentially guaranteeing a Ravens victory, and that will come tomorrow. Put a, yeah, put a pin in that. We'll have to revisit. Dan did go live on Instagram during the final like six minutes, and you know there was a couple penalties, <laughs> a couple it. injuries, so it got stretched out where Dan was in his front room watching this game on Instagram Live <laughs> for a cool like ten or so minutes. Just wa- <laughs> he got he got a little hyped when it you know the ball through the uprights kind of had a little push to yeah, it. Yeah, he looked he, he yelled. He pushed it and then oh. had over the eyes. So. It, um, it may have been ultimately Dan's fault that mm, this happened. It, it yeah. was. And look, emotions were running high. You may think we're spending a lot of time on this game. By the way, Sam Howell uh, showed to me why I, he's going to be a fun watch this year. Uh, he's looking for big plays. Uh, he's not afraid to run the ball either. And he looked quite good in that game. Terry McLaurin, unfortunately, had a toe injury. He's day-to-day. That's a little concerning, turf toe injury. Um, but there were uh, high emotions on Washington's side. There were high emotions on Baltimore's side uh, as well. John Harbaugh was clearly not happy after this game. <laughs> Preseason games that people want to write, write about, some of you in here want to write about and say they don't mean anything because you never played the game. You never were out there in a preseason game. You never were fighting for a spot on the team. And yet you have the audacity to say that the effort that somebody puts into that to win and fight and win a game like that is meaningless. Tell me it was meaningless out there what you just saw. If you like football, is that a meaningless football game? You know, I can't respect anybody that says that. Ooh. That's got to be tough for the guy that wrote that. I right. mean, he went there with the you never played scenario, which is sort of like infallible against uh, most people. I mean, uh, I'm kind of with him, but you can you can tell it meant a lot because he, he talked about how proud he was. and They, they did not want to lose this game. So I don't know. Baltimore, like they only played a couple starters on defense. Like, I think if you want to rewind Earth mm. by a day or two and say, 
maybe we just load that defense with all our mm. starters and we put we keep everyone in here. Like I hate that this streak has been snapped. The the second to last draw, I was wondering like, are we gonna get Josh Johnson back in here? <laughs> like, right. They actually haven't played it's a misnomer. They haven't played their starters for most of this streak. They they kind of take a pretty normal approach in terms of who's in, uh, who's out. But rest in peace, uh, Ravens preseason streak. Um my son Walker, I think, was alive yep. before this started, but um, he can't remember. He was just an infant. What? Yeah, was Malcolm alive for? Malcolm a, did did not exist. He he would not exist for two more years, and like he's running around, like going into first grade right. now. Like my children is, were alive, but they were not. They did not re- remember that last victory that they had the Ravens. The, the, the story September third, twenty fifteen game against the Falcons. Mm. That that's where <laughs> that's where this all began. Um, one twenty fifteen. Tiny nugget I wanted to throw in just from that game was I don't think Tyler Huntley's going to be on this team. You've been this on this season. beat. I. I because if you in Harbaugh's been the one that's on this beat, if you listen to his quotes all camp, he's made it clear that for whatever reason, this backup competition is wide open. We really like Josh Johnson. Um, Tyler Huntley has to go earn this spot. He's not guaranteed anything. And you look at what they did this offseason. They looked into Baker Mayfield. They looked into Jacoby Brissett. They, just something. And then you listen to the ESPN broadcasters who said um, point blank that um, the offensive coordinator now, Todd Monken, uh, really loves Josh Johnson. I, I think prefers Josh Johnson and won another team. Come on, give up, give up a sixth to seventh round pick swap or a fifth round pick. That's worth Tyler Huntley. He's a good backup. I mean, you can't have your backup making the Pro Bowl when the starter didn't. That's <laughs> controversial at the you know, I, at I, four. I, is that what happened? Yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, yeah. he was injured. Yeah. Lamar Jackson didn't make it. I'm just saying last year. You know? Pro Bowl quarterback Tyler Huntley. I, yeah. I I'm okay with it because Josh Johnson deserves this that's pretty like this nice this has been something Johnson. that we've been and we saw he played well for the broncos last preseason and it's like oh this is finally it but then he yeah. gets cut and i would i would like to see josh johnson finally be able to have a full season with one team where he can live his life because he's it's generally look good in the regular scene so we'll see i think a lot of teams could use some backup quarterbacks one team uh that won't though is the san francisco 49ers as we're going to tape uh, the news broke that Sam Darnold is going to be the backup quarterback with San Francisco. I feel like there's more important news here, but this is the freshest. And it's pretty spicy when you think about Trey Lance going into the season as a number three quarterback. Or will he? Our uh, rap sheet, Ian Rapport and Tom Pelissero, um, saying that the 49ers are evaluating options. <laughs> With with uh, Trey Lance, which would mean a, a potential trade. We're going to get into our segment later, which is, you know, outstanding, still unresolved, big mysteries of the season. If that's the title, Greg, is it close to that? Beautiful, beautiful mysteries. mysteries. If, um, if Dan was here, he would have laid that out right off the top. But I just was overwhelmed by. I think it's good. You created a mystery for the audience. Yes. They didn't know what would come after the after the news. <laughs> but now they get it. Now they know. Um, the first thing I had was the fate of Trey Lance, because he's just felt very tradable. He's felt it just has felt like Kyle Shanahan verbally and in practice has never really um, fully backed Trey Lance as a concept. Um, You know, Trey Lance's body is not backed Trey Lance as a concept too, which has been sort of a problem. But you hear how he talks about Sam Darnold. I felt like this was in the mail for weeks. I just think that he's he's fascinated by Sam Darnold. Yeah, if we if we go back, because honestly, what what's the number? I got Pro Football Reference up. Fifty six career attempts for Trey Lance. Like that. That's really it. And so, in terms, and not many college ones either. No, and even going back to high school, right? That there's a limited number of reps, and so it's an uncertain thing. 
but we know what Sam Darnold is, and I think Coach Shanahan uh, knows what Sam Darnold is. The, the question is, they can't afford necessarily to just keep waiting uh, right now for Trey Lance. And if somebody else wants to come in and say, "Hey, we'll 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 take this," then then that's the way they go. But I, I also think it's worth considering that they were evaluating all options with Jimmy Garoppolo well before this time last year, and he wound up starting all those games. So these things were fluid. I would hold on to Trey Lance if they don't get anything better than, you know, a late round pick offer for him. I'm with you. And I'm not sure they will. I don't know. They might like Brandon Allen, who is their fourth quarterback, who was the Bengals backup and would be a big upgrade, by the way, on the Bengals backup situation. And I know Cincinnati um, is keeping an eye on that Maybe they feel like, okay, that's a third quarterback. We really don't need Trey Lance. But just based on everything that's happened with 49ers quarterbacks over the last handful of years, like, I don't know. I'm, they, they are in their Super Bowl window, and unless they just feel like it's too awkward, I don't hate having Trey Lance as a third good option, even if they feel that Darnold is better as a second option. I just don't think they've seen the progress in the preseason in terms of making the right reads and quick decisions from Lance. And that's why Darnold is second. And you said they, they know what they have in Darnold. And I'm curious to see him with the 49ers. He'll be better with the 49ers than he's probably ever been just because he's on the 49ers and every quarterback would be better with the 49ers. Yeah. I, I, I feel, it feels like a safe assumption and there's some certainty there and get some, some consistency because Sam's seeing coaches get fired too. He's seeing staffs turnover. Um, is 102 attempts career for Trey Lance. Want to make sure I got that number right. Sam Darnold, in his four biggest attempt games, has that number. Like, mm. in four games alone, hmm. has the has an equal number of dropbacks as Trey Lance. And so I think it, while this happens, and the first thought may be, oh, Trey Lance is a bust, it's over, we still don't know. Just like we didn't know with Sam Darnold. We don't know. And, like, I think also, if anything, there is this element to Trey Lance that other coaches, there's going to be coaches out there that think that if we need a quarterback at some point in the season, if things go south or there's an injury, like he seems like high potential, like he's going to be a fa- an object of fascination right. to other coaching. Staff. But it's a red flag for everyone. If they're, they're going to look at it and think, man, if Shanahan couldn't get it going, uh, that's going to hurt his value. And he's in a weird spot where I think Tyler, Tyler Huntley in some ways would be more attractive to teams looking for a backup quarterback because he's just a veteran who knows how to be a backup. He's established kind of his baseline of solid play. And Trey Lance is more of a bet on the future, but it's not necessarily like a secure backup. But a team like Tampa, for instance, I was kind of looking at the teams who, hey, throw a fourth out there or something like that. Arizona, like L.A. Rams, I actually don't think would be a crazy one. Uh, Although I don't know if you can imagine them trade like just just uh, a lottery ticket. I could see Sean in in that sort of weird relationship with Kyle thing where he's like, yeah, let me take Trey Lance. Right. Turn it into something. Yeah. It would have to be a team that it's more thinking about like, well, we're not really sure what's going to happen next year. And and maybe our starter is not going to stay healthy. Who knows? Let's move on to the rest of the news. Jonathan Taylor. Uh, requested a trade since we last did a uh, podcast. And it feels like he didn't he already request a trade. I don't know. They even granted know. him permission to I, seek. You granted permission to seek a trade. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, and uh, the Dolphins were a team that Barry Jackson and the Miami Herald threw out there as a team that could possibly in, be interested in another national reporter, I believe, threw that out there as well. So small movement on the Jonathan Taylor front, but not really. The Colts... Uh, for their part, say he still has not been cleared for practice, that he's not medically cleared, which 
is dubious, but also complicates this trade situation. I mean, this story is weighing on my patience. Um, <laughs> I, I, I move beyond whatever happens to him with the Colts to just like where he could possibly land because he's in a tough spot because on top of having to pay him um, beyond this year, he wants a new contract. That's not going to change if he goes to a new team. He's not going to simmer on that, I don't think. But then you've got to give essentially the Colts draft picks. And, you know, the wording out there is that they want a sense, sort of what Christian McCaffrey um, got in return from the Niners, which was, I believe, a second, a third, and a fifth or something, a future fifth. Like, I, I don't it's know. not happening. I, what team? I mean, it's just hard to find teams that will do that. And I, I my mind goes back to the Cowboys a little bit because it feels like kind of a Cowboys mm. type thing to maybe pull they the lever on it. that. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's not a lot of landing spots, and it's a tough time of year to do it. Your rosters are mostly set. Yeah. I think the the good news, at least for Jonathan, is you get some sort of an answer, right? That's with regards to what the market is, how teams feel about, and also he gets what he wanted from the Colts was just an opportunity to look into this. Like we saw Austin Eckler go through this, and the the Chargers actually wound up giving Austin a little bit more money, changing the structure a little bit. Um, maybe there's some hope that he can see some sort of movement in that aspect after this process goes through. But at least he's going to have more answers now than he did a few weeks ago, which right. was just no. It was like, hey, uh, am I going to be a Colt next year? Like, can we talk? No. Like, right. we don't have to talk about this, so so no. And and we could both be long gone and nobody would care, whatever. The, the you know what's Colts. weird is the team that needs a running back is is the Colts. <laughs> right. They should trade um, for Jonathan Taylor. I feel like that would be a good move. I wouldn't give up all those McCaffrey picks. I mean, that was like a trade deadline trade where you got a an elite player I think even on a level slightly above Taylor who is healthy in the middle of a good season and you had multiple division you had division rivals the Rams and the 49ers both going after him driving the price up this is before the season he's not 100 percent. he's coming off a weird year like there's no chance and they're kind of talking out of both sides of their mouth where they're not going to give him the money and yet they want uh, the trade value of someone that good. So I, I do not expect him to be on another team. The, the one thing I would slightly disagree, uh, Mark, is he might just take a trade and not look for the new money. That Like, if he got onto a good team, he might just be happy to get out of there and then try to I don't to play think it'll be year. a talking point now, but right. I guess he could go back into he the might. agency. But I, I think, like, in general, why are we in these situations with these running backs? Because they've gotten on a Zoom call together and wholeheartedly agree that their value is not being valued by other teams. And so it's like, I don't think that he's going to go quiet about that, but not right. Not, right. Not I, I, and I'm just guessing because one thing Stephen Holder, who's a good reporter of the Colts, pointed out this morning, he's at ESPN now, was at The Athletic. He said, if anyone thinks, and, and he's seen this written, that like Jonathan Taylor is just doing what his agent wants him to do, you have never spoken with Jonathan Taylor in your life. Jonathan Taylor um, is the one running this show. He's a strong-willed individual. He's a smart guy. And he is the one that is making this stance. It is not about like him doing what, what the agent just asks him to do. Yeah. He just watched Josh Jacobs lead the NFL in rushing and see his circumstances improve. Not at all. Right. Because of that. Although I think Josh Jacobs is going to, I hope, that can open up Jonathan Taylor uh, returning because it really sounds like Jonathan Josh Jacobs is going to come back, and I highly suspect he's going to get like a Saquon Barkley raise plus to come back, like some incentives and maybe a little more money. That's that's the buzz at least around the the Raiders, and I tend to believe it. And, and if he hadn't been public about his discontent regarding the situation, I wonder would that be happening? Yeah. Uh, ultimately, like these guys are their options are very limited. And Jonathan Taylor's looking at, all right, so let's say I give my all and do everything I can for the Colts. If what you're telling me right now in August of 2023 is 
none of that matters. Like, why am I smashing my body into 300 dirty pound people? Yeah. I mean, also, I mean, if you're Shane Steichen, if you're Anthony Richardson, it's like, uh, what are we doing here? Like, I get the owner doesn't want to pay this running back, but this is an owner that a year ago decided to hire an ESPN analyst as his head coach. I mean, the Colts oh, yeah. were a picture almost of forget about it. high organization <laughs> for a while, and it's like, what is going on here? And they have by far the worst uh, running back room in the league without Jonathan Taylor. You, you kind of pointed out earlier, but that's a team that really wants to run the ball, and like running backs aren't important uh, relative to other positions until you don't have one and you want to run the ball and uh, it's a problem. Let's move on to uh, the least surprising news of the week. We don't have to spend too much time on this, but that Baker Mayfield is your week one buck starter. Todd Bowles finally announced it. you were once a Baker Mayfield believer and uh, appreciator. Mark. Yeah. He, any he hope he wore me down hope. a little bit. Any hope the, here? <laughs> I, I think, I think there's hope because I think again, it's he has experience. Um, I, he, he still seems to me to be, highly self-confident hearing his comments about being named starter. Um, I think it's the ba- the Baker Mayfield experience has a lot of people down on Baker Mayfield when as a player, I think he's a B minus quarterback. Um, he's better than Kyle Trask. Uh, I think in general, this announcement probably was triggered by our own show because Dan went on another rant about the fact that this had, you know, that Todd Bowles was just like hedging around this absurdly obvious decision. Um, now we know um, it's one of the least exciting quarterback battles I can remember ever in my entire lifetime. Wait, I want to get your thoughts before we hear from Patrick, um, Mark, on the Bucks social media photo, Time to Bake. I don't know if you saw this. It's actually the pinned tweet on uh, Buccaneers' Twitter account right now. Uh, I was like, is this a weed reference? Because it's getting kind of wild here. Time to Bake. I mean, it is what you make fire. it. Like, to you, it is. Um what are, what are your thoughts? I think in general, I don't want to sound, um, you know, cantankerous, but these these social media outfits need to absolutely, you know, settle down oh. a little bit. I, I don't hate that graphic. I think it's, that looks, it looks I think nice. it's fun. It's a cool graphic, and uh, there's not a lot of pop to the bucks right now. Let's have some fun with the quarterback announcement. I think we will be seeing this graphic again uh, on our <laughs> timelines if things don't necessarily go great for the Buccaneers. But I'm glad that we'll have another one of the – Another edition of the Baker Mayfield cycle, and he's going to come out. He's going to address his doubters, and then there's going to be some conversation, and then you know there'll be reason to doubt, and then this <laughs> uh, thing will yeah. happen again. You're you're um, reminding me of the QB one Nathan Peterman tweet yes! that the Bills released once. One of the greatest tweets of that, all time that got uh, reused quite a bit. I'm gonna I now. I am um, Dalton I'm, had one of those. I'm hoping. Yeah, that's right. Dalton had a good one. Uh, was that with the Bears? Yes. I think that was with the Bears. It's it was like, why did you even tweet that? Hard to keep track of the teams he was on. I, why did you X that? I am hoping for a Baker <laughs> resurgence because, number one, I want Mike Evans and Chris Godwin to do well, and I just want them to be watchable. And um, this story that PFT has been writing about that's in the in the uh, legal system right now, how he's suing for essentially millions of dollars, maybe over tens of millions of dollars of, of his investments that um, sounds like money started going missing and it's family members who are involved in this uh, investment group where over $10 million uh, is gone missing. And, and he spoke about it. He was kind of emotional. This has been going on for a long time now. Yikes. It's just going public and uh, makes you feel for him because that, that is a difficult thing to go through uh, for anyone, especially with your family. Uh, Chris Jones is a reply guy this week, Patrick. Uh, the Chiefs uh, defensive tackle 
make some news by just replying deep into his mentions uh, to just some random fan when they're like, well, when is it, when is he going to show up? Like this guy's got to show up, blah, 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 money. He's not, he, he needs to show up soon. And Chris Jones just replies week eight. That's when I, I can return. <laughs> it's actually like, yeah, that's actually kind of news. Uh, he's like, that's when I'm going to show up. And he had another response in the same thread where he, where they're like, he's got to show up soon. He's losing millions of dollars. And he said, do they, do they like on Rotor world? Do they credit, not that the fan the fan asked the question, so it's sort of yeah. a reporter asking a question. Did they credit the fan? <laughs> I uh, think they credit Chris because Chris was the one that made made the news. Jack Smith, twenty nineteen. Chris said he had plenty of money, and I don't I don't doubt him. He he is going for his third contract, not his uh, second one here. So he's banked some some money. You you buy it? It's a little. It, this one has more. He, he and maybe not animosity, but more doubt to it than any other holdout right now. Not not Nick Bosa, not Christian Wilkins. Yeah, he's he's expressed a willingness and said that he's got plenty of money. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was at the mic, and of course, you know Mahomes gets these questions, and and he he said, you know, he supports Chris. He's going to stay away from it, uh, but he, you know, you, you support people trying to 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 earn fair compensation, and and so I think like reading the tea leaf, maybe there's a little bit of budging from Veach and company. I don't know. It, it doesn't. There's no reason if Chris Jones, let's say he wants to come back week three, why not let him think about week eight? You know, just just throw that out there. It's it's all a negotiation. Yeah, he's watching. You know, Dexter Lawrence, Deron Payne, Jeffrey Simmons, Quinnen Williams all um, get paid, and he is as important as anyone on the team to that defense. And I do buy it. I think he. You know, you get to a point where yeah, you, you he's willing to to pay the fines, willing to, you know, let certain money go because he believes in himself. And I think if you're the Chiefs, it's like you're in this really special, unique place where you could win multiple Super Bowls. Like, pay him. Yeah. Just he, pay him. His words were, I can afford it. Uh, the reason I wanted to mention, too, because it's like the, the temperature getting heat, uh, you know, brought up a little bit. Andy Reid said uh, about Chris Jones, there's been no communication. Whatever happens, happens. The game goes on. Nick Bosa is still holding out, and yet I just – I'm not worried about that one. I just think that one's going to happen before the season. I don't, I don't feel worried about any of these situations. No, I'm not. You know, I, I, I know what you mean. But I like, just mean I expect Nick Bosa to be ready in time for week one. I expect Christian Wilkins, who's quietly having a hold in right now in Miami, to be ready for week one. I expect Josh Jacobs back. Taylor, we talked about. Jones, Jones it wouldn't shock me if he actually missed. I mean, if you're Christian Wilkins, you got to get a little more PR going in this. Like, half the people don't even know he's in a holdout. Like, you got to let everyone know. He's a, the hold in is tricky. Yeah, people don't like it as much. Uh, one last quick injury nugget before we get to 8 o'clock tonight. Jackson Smith and Jigba, who we talked about, you talked about, Mark, right, uh, is a long shot for week one. We didn't know that he hurt his wrist in that preseason game. Long shot for week one is uh, Ian Rappaport's reporting after wrist surgery. They're, they're pretty thin at wide receiver after their top three, which might be the best top three in the league. And yet, I don't know who their number three is. It might be a man named Jake Bobo. Well, that's exciting. Uh, I mean, yeah, we mentioned Jackson on the last episode. It's like, I thought it was someone that from the minute the first game starts, he's an important part of their offense. And suddenly you don't have him. Um, I, I want to root for the preseason. I want to root for these joint practices. I want to root for um, the prep for the regular season, but it just feels like we've already lost 30 to 40 important people. Uh, not as men, not too many. Right. Just the McClure like just... toe injury bothers me. That might be turf toe. They're saying it's day. Well, that can day, affect like, your whole season. That, you exactly. find out in, in that... February that it was never himself. I've, I've never, maybe Patrick can help me. Maybe you can help me, uh, Mark. I've never been able to express this take I have that I've felt strongly about for 10 years. Let it out, Greg. And it's the, 
it's the people that get really upset that someone gets injured in the preseason and what a waste that is. And that's namely me. Terrible. Sure. But really everyone. Okay. But and there's something I think Belichick has talked about this a little like. But that same level of consternation. Like isn't quite there for the like 40 injuries that come at you on week one when they suddenly have to play 50 or 60 snaps. And to me, like, I don't know. I haven't been able to express this well. I don't know if playing in the preseason helps prevent that or not. I'm not even saying that. All I'm saying is, like, their job is to play football, and injuries, I guess, are going to happen, and you're have, and you suddenly going to play 50, 60 snaps. Like, snaps are, are needed to be played. People are going to get hurt. It's annoying, but it's not, like, much more tragic to me if it happens in the preseason than the regular season. It's all bad. It's not more bad in, in August. I've, I feel That's like I say, I saw, but I, I've never, I never can say it well. I, I think you've said it well. Yeah, you've said it. Yeah, okay. I, I, I feel like we do kind of need to know whether or not playing football prevents you from being hurt playing football to in order to, to feel that way. I just <laughs> I typically tend to believe that, you know, it's it's done everything for us. But in terms of your health, like playing football might not be good for you. <laughs> um, and so it, it's hard for me to believe that in order to be more healthy to play football in the regular season, guys need to do it in the preseason. I feel like there's a... That's fine, but there's going to be like 40 of these same injuries in the regular right. season, you know and that's disappointing, You know what I find too, annoying, Greg, is all. That's sort of yeah. all my point. It's like, it's going to happen. You're going to have to play football, and I hear you. Someone's got to play these games, you know? Well, so I think for me, it's it's more of a personal thing where we are tasked with spending five to six months... Um, talking about rosters as if they won't be affected by injury. In, in, in ranking, you know, right. skill position players, ranking quarterbacks, ranking wide receivers, running backs. And then, like, eight minutes into the preseason, most of what we talked about is reduced to rubble. But that's because the, it's the same thing week one, week I know, two, but week, we, whatever. When it's week one, it's like, oh, cool, it happened in a game that mattered. That's yeah. I, I just think all right, I get it. I Jackson get it. Smith and Jigba had so much production at Ohio State. He was a first-round pick. I, I don't necessarily think that they needed the amount of information about Jackman Smith and Jigba in order to play him in the regular season that necessitated him playing in the preseason. I, I, I think that time could have gone to somebody maybe. who maybe needs more time in order to earn a spot, not just on the team, but maybe in the league long term. Sure. Like maybe we don't necessarily need to see guys that we know are going to play playing in the preseason. That That's how I feel. That's probably I, – I basically agree with that, but I, there is – there is some level where I think there's some players that probably it is useful to play. Maybe they're not as far along. Maybe they're young quarterbacks. I, I don't even know what it is. And the point is, like, it, once week one, week, week two happens, it's like all these injuries are happening. That, that, that's a shame as well. Let's get some developing news here. We're throwing in a surprise. We're spending too much time on news. I'm uh, this is a weird one. Corey Davis has uh, let the Jets know he's stepping away from football. Uh, I feel like he did that two years ago, but ouch! Um, look, he was locked in to uh, making over ten million dollars for this team. He was probably going to be their third or fourth receiver, and uh, it sounds like he m- might be retiring. Corey Davis. Uh, so uh, a hit to the uh, Jets wide receiver group has. Uh, I know I'm springing this on you last second. Nope. 66 catches over two seasons with the Jets. Um, I, you know, like, I think it were, we started to see this about five or six years ago where, like, the concept of retirement has become so much easier for players. You're making enough money to have generational wealth. 
and uh, there's more information about the long-term negative effects of playing football. And I think it's a, what are you going to do next with your career, with your life? And these retirements come from younger players at a higher rate than ever before. And and he's notably someone that's that struggled with uh, his health and did get a healthy second contract. So is in a position too where he, he can feel a little more comfortable with that. Yeah, reading the Instagram post now, it's clear he is planning to uh, retire, saying he's thought about it for for a long time. I wonder, do they do, does does Joe call the Browns back and like, hey, how do y'all feel about Elijah Moore? You want to <laughs> do you want to flip flop this back again? I'm, I'm just. Because Corey Davis was going to play. I think this, so. Yeah. I mean, my immediately, my immediate thought was, was there any chance? Did he have any feeling that he wasn't going to make this team potentially? Because they did bring in McCole Hardman. You have Lazard. You have Garrett Wilson. It'd be tough to cut Randall Cobb. Well, you can't annoy Aaron Rodgers with that. So that's four guys right there. And uh, three of them are or two of them are on veteran contracts. So I don't know for sure. The The talk was that he, that they were going to keep him. And uh, uh, happy trails to Corey Davis. Had some nice moments there uh, with the Titans as a speedster. Good luck uh, with what you do next. I think it's time to take a little break, and we're going to get to our exciting segment, which uh, really is inspired by uh, the New York Jets quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Some of the beautiful mysteries heading into 2023. <laughs> You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, we are back, and uh, we're going to talk about 
some of the the things going into this season. We've kind of talked about everything, Mark, haven't we, at this point? Today or over the Just course like of the, the last like three or four weeks. Yeah, I feel like we've season. covered a lot. We've of hit it up. No, pretty much. I would it. say to you too, but you haven't been here the whole time, Patrick. I know you in spirit. Um, yeah. So, uh, I now that we're heading into the season, we're going to do some big predictions. We have our around the AFC NFC shows next week. I'm, we're hoping to lock Patrick back into a uh, a one week contract, a one week <laughs> contract for one of those shows, Patrick. Uh, I know we're using you this week, but uh, I'm hoping to. Uh, reach out to your agent and get you back for that next yeah. week. And we'll Hit do predictions. So I was thinking, what, what do we do? What do we talk about now? I, how about the things we don't know anything about? Maybe it's the things we haven't talked about much on this show. That's sort of how I approached it too. But it's also the things that like, that's just a mystery to me. Like going into the season, I just don't know how to feel about it. It doesn't matter how we've talked about it. It's a beautiful mystery. That That's what uh, Aaron Rodgers said about uh, his football future. I think that was back in April. And I, I think we got to start with Mark, because when I think beautiful mystery, I think the sizzler. Oh, thank you. Um, man, you know how I, I like came up with like 82 topics here. So I'm going to just fish for one. I think we don't have any clear. We'll go evidence. around. I'm playing in like three or three times. Sure. Around. We can keep it pretty quick. I don't have any like clear evidence that Todd Munkin um, is hmm. a A plus play caller um, or that this Ravens offense in general has shown really anything to suggest that this post Greg Roman world is exactly what they needed. Um, it was wonderful. Uh to change from Greg Roman, I think on paper, because they kind of hit an exhaustion point with him that happens with Greg Roman. Um, but, you know, Lamar Jackson coming off two disappointing seasons. Uh, you add Odell Beckham. I think you've got a much better wide receiver core than you've had in the past. Um, I, I don't know. Like, running the ball the way they did worked for the Ravens. Uh, if you're going to move to a pass-heavy offense or, or a so-called, you know, more balanced offense, cool, it's got to work. I just I, We've seen nothing in the preseason that suggests to me that we know it's going to work. No, I don't think they're going to show that at all. And that was a great, beautiful mystery to to get us going. I, I think you're right. I heard uh, it was Collinsworth, actually. He was on uh, Mina Kimes' podcast. I listened to that episode. And he, he thought the, the Ravens were as um, maybe variable as any team in the league. Like, that they, it could actually go terrible. I don't see that happening. They're such a good organization. They're so talented in terms of their coaching. Well, it really goes terrible, right? But, uh, but just like that, he had questions about the defense too, That or they could win the Super Bowl. He just thought there is a huge range of outcomes for this team. And I, I think you're right. For a team that doesn't have a new head coach or a new quarterback, week one, they are maybe at the top of my list of like, I want to see what this is going to be because they're not going to show it in the preseason. We really have no idea. Yeah, I think the reasons for optimism, right, because they had so much success on the defensive side of the ball and they change a coordinator, right? And, and Harbaugh's making that decision and I think ultimately they feel good about and it was decision. a very specific coordinator, Greg Roman, who really there wasn't there wasn't like a Greg Roman tree out there. You know what I mean? Like that was right. the only Greg Roman offense. So it's going to be different. Yeah. And so now it's I think the subtraction part, right, where it's it's no longer Greg Roman. There were some issues in the passing game with the concept. Guys were in the same place. You had Pat Ricard running digs. And it's like, wait, like this offense needs to grow. It needs to change. I, I don't think having Todd Monken eliminates the capacity for them to run the ball in the way that they have. Mm. It's but, but differently, there, maybe. Yeah, but there is that question of, in terms of calling the plays as a play caller, you're right. It, it is a mystery, but are we going to find out how much of a detraction like late-stage Greg Roman was right. and, and how much was he holding the offense back? I think we will get an answer there. 
and maybe we'll get an answer on Todd Munkin, or maybe it's just you have an exceedingly talented quarterback who got hurt in the pocket. Like, it wasn't like Lamar was out there doing Lamar stuff and he got hurt. Like, he got hit in, in the knee, in the pocket, just like anybody can. Um, and so, like, long-term, what is this offense going to be? And I, It could take I some we'll time, some too. Answers. It could be something where after week five, there's some grumbling and it catches fire by the end. I think it's a good point, though, about the running game, just because – they, they do have a healthy, you know, assuming J.K. Dobbins is, is fine and, and Gus Edwards and Lamar just makes the running game that much better and makes it easier on the passing game. Uh, I'm going to throw out a beautiful mystery. Let's get beautiful. Do it. Mysterious. And it's a team I'm trying not to be a downer on, but I think I, I am a little lower on consensus, but it's it's more that I just don't know. And, and it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like... Are we sure that they're going to be taking this next step? I always am a little wary of teams that finish the year really strong and you just assume, okay, that's how that team is now. And I look at their defense and they've had a couple injuries lately. Foley Fatakasi's had a, a cast on his arm and more importantly, Davon Hamilton, who they gave a big contract to one of their be- best defensive linemen has what sounds like a serious injury that is indefinite and might be a non-football injury. He might end up on a list. Like, I don't know what's going on there. I look at their defensive roster and they weren't a good defense last year. They didn't really add to it. I look at their cornerbacks uh, after their top guy, Campbell. And I, I look at uh, their pass rush depth after Josh Allen. I look at is Trayvon Walker going to make a jump? And I, I'm like, is this possibly a bottom five defense? And if it is a bottom five defense, I, am I that confident that Jaguars offense is good enough to make up for it? I'm going to say, it's a mystery to me. It's possible that Trevor just continues to ascend and Ridley and they continue to ascend, but there's big questions on the offensive line. And there's really big questions to me on the defense. That's a lot of questions going into the season for your boy, Trevor Lawrence to make up for Patrick. There's a lot of questions, but there's even more questions elsewhere in the division. (laughs) Sure. But it's possible for everyone to be bad in the division. Like they can still be mediocre, but the things that have to happen for those other teams to leapfrog the Jags, I feel like are a little more mysterious than like, well, can Josh Allen stay healthy? Is, is Trev going to be as good, if not maybe even better uh, than he was a season ago? They, they had tank Bigsby. Uh, We get a full season of Travis Etienne, hopefully like, there's just less Jags questions for me. Mm. If I can assuage your concerns. Yeah, I, 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 I disagree. I, but it, it, because they have Trevor, then that they, they don't have that question. Well, they, so also it's not like the or defense last year um, was a strength and it's become a non-strength. It was not a strength last year. And so that's baseline. And mm. I feel like the Trevor Lawrence factor is like you could give um, – you know, a B minus director, a great script, it will probably still be a good movie. Um, but you give a good director a terrible script, good luck with that. Like when you've got the quarterback, the quarterback's the good script. Like they were, mm. I think, like. What if he's the good director? He, he could, well, Doug Peterson did a pretty good okay. job with that yeah. last year. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, he just grew as much as any quarterback in the league next to maybe Justin Fields. Like I, I think, like, I, there's nothing about that that okay. felt half baked. It felt completely tangible. And, uh, you know, DVOA wise, like their offense over the final six, seven games of the season was terrorizing teams. And so I just like that as your court. Now, their over under, I think, was nine, 9.5. Mm-hmm. I, to your point, Greg, I was like tempted in that one episode to go under because I don't think you're going to get the last five or six weeks of the regular season last year just all over again, necessarily. But to Patrick's point, the environment is better than if you were stuck in the AFC East. I hear that. I just 
I think it could be an environment where the division standings look similar to last year. I was going to make this a whole AFC South thing, and then okay. I decided just to make it Jaguars. <laughs> or it's a NFC, a NFC South from a year ago. And like, if you told me that the Jaguars are a little bit of a letdown and they actually win the division, winning eight games or nine games, like that, that feels possible to me because I just think they're counting on Trev to do a lot. Give me a beautiful mystery, Patrick. Okay, I'll give you a beautiful mystery. It comes uh, out of my mind and trying to change the way I feel about something because mm. with players the constant my constant idea is well both of these guys could be good I don't afford that uh, leniency to coaches and we saw a change in the offensive coordinator spot in Dallas and now Mike McCarthy's calling plays Kellen Moore is over here across the street and in my mind one of these coaches has to be good and another <laughs> has to be bad but could the Chargers and Cowboys both have top 10 offenses Ooh. everybody's good it was just not meant to be a win-win. Is that possible? I think it. I think absolutely. Because first of all, like personnel-wise, they've got the makings of two top ten offenses. Um, Mike McCarthy. We've got a lot of history of him doing very well at calling plays. But Kellen Moore also. Kellen Moore is not like he didn't get. He got. There was a bit of a power issue there, and things needed to change. I think Dak's meltdown led to some of that too. Um, you know, Kellen Moore to me has proven that he can do it. I like the idea of Kellen Moore or anyone with Justin Herbert doing a better job than last year's coordinator <laughs> in Los Angeles. I just think like I Kellen Moore also and Justin Herbert are like legit close friends who have a shared background. And like they've talked all along about they want to ta- really tailor things to make mm. Justin Herbert comfortable in the offense. That was not happening last year. And so I think it's arrow up on both teams. Kellen, yeah, I think both could, could be better. I'm con. I just think the Cowboys are in a better situation health wise and depth wise. I just like the look of their, their team and, and uh, Kellen Moore. I like what I've heard in terms of their running game, a little more of a North South running game, a good, even an average, like first and second down running game would really help Herbert. And I don't know what Kellen Moore is doing behind the scenes, but I mean, forget Bruce Arians. He's the new quarterback whisperer. I mean, Dak was like his best buddy. Pretty much, and now Justin Herbert. Maybe he learned just like if you, if you're friends with these guys, you're gonna have jobs forever. Tether yeah. yourself to a really good quarterback, <laughs> things will be good. Right, and it wasn't even intentional because he was, you know, Dak. I was there uh, the day Kellen Moore, uh, unfortunately, broke his ankle, uh, which led to Dak Prescott becoming the number one quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Let's get another beautiful mystery, Mark. Uh, so we are situated about a hundred feet away from SoFi Stadium. Um, we've talked about the Chargers. I, I, I think it is a true mystery. Is it a beautiful mystery? TBD. But who are the Rams? Um, what on earth are they going to look like? And I guess I'd be more down on the Rams, except Sean McVay seems more delighted um, and joyful than really ever before. I know that there was he's on a personal journey to try to maybe have less of his darkness spread over the whole team that things start to go south. But he seems to be more, um, I guess, from a coaching angle, more jazzed up than I can recall in a long time. But then you look at the Rams roster and like talking of the Chargers running game, they destroyed Los Angeles on the ground um, a couple weeks ago. And the Rams to me seem very sort of beyond Aaron Donald floating on that entire side of the ball. Um, Then you've got Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup on an offense that's pretty shaky too. And it's like, do the Rams get eight or nine weeks into the season and say, we can shop some of these parts if we want to truly get into a deeper rebuild. Or is this the beginning of the, the beginning of the rebuild? And like these young guys on defense gel and look more surprising than we expected. I just have no concept of what the Rams could be. I think they're probably five or six wins. But does Sean McVay have a trick up his sleeve? Mm. I uh, 
I'm with you on him being in a better mood. There was this clip of him going around calling the Rams game because I think in this he gives up play calling and he joins this, the the uh, broadcast. Right, it was Andrew Whitworth, Andrew Siciliano, our our buddy Andrew, and uh, he calls the pick six that the Rams had in the second quarter. And I gotta say, Amazon offered I think McVeigh all that money supposedly. If we could get McVeigh to announce Rams games as they're happening, <laughs> we're really on to something. I would pay. I think they should pay a lot of money, and um, I think that would be a fun way to connect fans to the game. He he also dropped an, an S bomb on on that on that oh, he call. Did. Yeah, during because I, I was watching the broadcast as it happened, and I I think he knows you're not supposed to, but he also knows that as fans we like mm. we like hearing that. Sure, it, it gives us a little like oh you know this guy. This guy's being real. This guy's being authentic, and I think he knows. In that part of it is fun. It's I'm glad to see Sean having fun and not being like remote, like morose. Like, uh, yeah, this this may be my last game. I don't yeah, know. everything is bad. So I I like that, but also it is a complete mystery. Like I wish I could help you, Mark. But like, yeah, no, I don't think any, it, none of us. I'm not no. asking for help because I think we just don't know. Defensively, it's insane. But then there's this idea: oh, the offense will be fine, and like maybe. But we haven't seen Stafford in a while. Their number two receiver is Van Jefferson. And yeah. how did like, they upgrade the offensive line? Do, do uh, I think add? it is better. They they took Avila in the second round. They 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 made him a uh, uh, immediate starter. No Boom's healthy now, and he's a guard. Uh, the other guys have been there. Allen's healthy. They, they're healthier. I think they have three guys. Yeah. Back. Well, that was a that was a disaster a year ago. It was. Um, they've been they've been happy about Tutu Atwell starting to show some promise. That, that's like yeah, hey. that's a beautiful mystery. Puka Nakua. We'll we'll see. I'm gonna give a, a beautiful mystery that's a little more like league wide. Okay. It's a little more taking a. Bird's eye view. Bird's eye view. And the Rams are a little related to this because I think they help start the trend of these Vic Fangio acolytes spreading around the league. Brandon Staley was one. Uh, We we see them everywhere. Everyone playing this too high shell and playing essentially to prevent the big play. That the whole point of defense right now is to prevent the big play. And it's begging you to run. And we want you to run. And we've seen... Over the last year, some teams go too far in that direction, like the Chargers giving up five and a half yards per carry, and they just they can't they can't stop a nosebleed, and, and it's a problem. And I do look at the league as a whole, and there's a lot of these coordinators out there, and just wonder it's a cyclical league. No one system ever stays effective for long. You think of the Tony Dungy Tampa 2. Remember when that really spread out? And then there was kind of a tipping point where it was like everyone's just hitting eight-yard passes all over the Tampa 2. I think in this case it's some teams running the ball a little more, whether it's with uh, wide receivers who can block well or whether it's with two tight ends and uh, and whether that shift is really going to start happening. I think we saw a little bit of it last year. You certainly see the Eagles uh, making it hard on some of those defense, but just as a league, a beautiful mystery. If we're going to just see a little more of the, the run game punishing these light boxes and the real man football comes back. I think, I think it could happen. I think that's what Belichick was trying to do back in 21 with Cam Newton already. And I think there's going to be a little more of that. The Patriots will be one of those teams this year, but it's a mystery. Yeah, we, we see the cyclical nature of things uh, all the time. It's it's just a question of when it happens. You know, I was referencing Don Martindale going to the Giants. Um, he still brings the heat, mm-hmm. right? And I think maybe it got to the point where Harbaugh saw the rest of the league and says, hey, maybe we need to incorporate these things. I also think it's probably 
a little cheaper financially to design a defense um, that approaches things that way than than the attacking defense because you have to pay corners, you have sure. to add rushers, and, and so maybe that. But at some point, somebody is is going to flip the script and do something the rest of the league's not ready for. It's just who who takes that risk. And I think it's just offensively making defenses have to come up with answers when you have big personnel in there. And it doesn't always have to be two tight ends or anything or a fullback. It could be Robert Woods and Cooper Cup who can just block on your outside and you teach it. Like the I think the Dolphins are going to be a really good running team. And they've got two lightweight ride receivers out there, but they also have just geometry problems they create with those wide receivers. And they're going to play a lot of two tight ends that don't catch a lot of passes. I think the Patriots, I think the Lions, I think the Packers, I think the Browns. I think there's a lot of teams out there that could just start punishing these looks. And you you saw the number. The numbers for rushing last year were up. It was more effective uh, last year to run the ball than it has been for many years. I could totally see that. I mean, I think also we're in a time where, you know, I think of the play caller series that Jordan Rodriguez did where right. your head coaches now, um, are vastly offensive minded like that. That was not the case a long time ago. Um, and I think that the environment of your entire organization is innovative and we're going to do things differently and zig when other teams zag. But I also look at like what the Ravens did with, you know, at the outset of Lamar's um, starting reign and under Harbaugh that where that was, I thought, incredibly inventive and open minded to just become a 1970s team that hammers people on the ground. But you didn't get 22 teams to copy them. No. Like, I think in general, like, it's still a quarterback's league. It's still going to be you're in too many situations where the passing game um, is too effective and needed in certain situations. So sure. uh, I don't know if you're going to get 18 or 19 teams that suddenly turn us back two or three decades. No, but if, if, if the teams that are doing it, Atlanta being maybe foremost among them, maybe it's Baltimore. Like, if the teams, the Philadelphia, certainly, like, if the teams that are doing it start to be more and more infected, I think the Patriots are going to try. I don't know how effective <laughs> it'll be, uh, but I think they'll try. Maybe Patriots the th- to try not being completely boring to the guy on <laughs> offense. How about that? Maybe the thing that does finally go by the wayside this season is like the early era Brandon Staley Chargers mindset where it's, hey, you know, it's really hard to run the ball four and a half yards a yeah. carry every single, every single play. And then teams came out there and did that. <laughs> and like have continued he's still to... saying that he's <laughs> so still it's like that. maybe maybe we make some changes just, uh to get rid of that mindset right you got to have guys up front that are if you're only going to have six guys in there you better have some great run blockers uh among those six guys uh let's go patrick and then let's let's wrap with a speed round let's get a third round but we'll sure. do, it, do it quicker okay um somebody's going to go worse the first we know that and it's a mystery right now if i'm just riding the high of the greatest preseason football game of all time. <laughs> is that team the Washington? Oh, this was going to be mine. That's good. I'm glad you took it. We can just have this convo. I don't know. Hmm. They don't are know. a beautiful mystery. There is something about that game. And I started thinking of team of ATL and I was like, wow, how transgressive <laughs> would it be after years of, uh, I at least said that I root, you know, I don't hate any team um, except for one. That I, there was one team out there that but I, the source of that hatred is was been the ownership. Unruly. It's gone. Yeah. I'm like the Commandos fans out there that feel like reborn. And then I got Sam Howell swinging. I gotta admit, I kind of like Sam Howell. Maybe Eric Bieniemy actually runs a really fun offense. He's shown some fun stuff so far. Like you've got a nice uh, a co- coach you like. You've got a defensive line that you like. I, I I'm kind of feeling the Commandos. Worst of first. Right that is aggressive. Um, the Eagles <laughs> won six more games than them a year ago. That's aggressive. The Cowboys. Just as a- Fun four team. more. The Giants also went to the playoffs. So you're you're going to need 
a lot of yeah. calamity to occur to those other three teams. Another team I think that would like to run the ball quite a bit and, and play defensive and uh, Washington power football. Washington. Yes. I, I just think them as a fun entity is such a value add potentially. It is. My mystery would be more like, wait a minute, Sam Howell, who we've mm-hmm. been kind of giggling at the mm-hmm. concept of them not really going out and getting a bonafide. Well, no, but just in general, Washington under Ron Rivera is like, we're just going to get by at quarterback while the rest of the league seeks uh, you know, a franchise starter. Sam Howell looks really spicy. Um, they've been saying all along they believe in him. Uh, you know, I thought with this one game sample size from a year ago wasn't enough to completely convince me. But even just a couple of days ago against the Ravens, I'm like, sure. I watch Sam Howell and it's like the kind of quarterback I like watching. So yeah. if he's watchable and he's productive, um, there, already, there already were a lot of parts on both sides of the ball in Washington. So eight, eight and one a year ago, they can be better than that. They could win 10, 11 games. In a best case scenario, he is a better version or a rich man's baker. Which is to, to your point, yeah, you're kind of quarterback. There's some big, big a little more physical. Let's, let's better, not let's not drown the hope already. No, I just think a better version. Like if it, I, I, I he's going to be a better runner, obviously, he's, he's and a more physical guy. But I think he's got some Bakerish tendencies. But like, if you could be a Baker that processes and makes better decisions, I think you you would have something talented. Talented. Yeah. All right, let's do a let's do a speed round and get out of here. Okay. Um, you want me to go? Sure. All right. I, I wrote this down, but I kind of think I already know the answer. Um, are the Raiders a disaster or maybe good? I mm. think they're a mess. Um, but my second question to that is, so this, are this we... is where the preseason, the, the offseason has been so long because you had that famous rant they used on GMFB. Well, no, I went through the, all these other AFC teams. It's like, are the Raiders better than any of these? And it's like 10 AFC teams. It's like, not really. But then... I do wonder if, you know, Josh McDaniels worked forever with Tom Brady. Tom Brady had a very fascinating origin story. What if we're on the verge of an Aiden O'Connell revolution where we get it, Jimmy G? I I think people are too down on Jimmy G, but what if Aiden O'Connell can actually play? He was a fascinating college player. And, like, we're six or seven weeks away from a Jimmy G injury where Aiden O'Connell comes in and makes the Raiders a totally enjoyable product. This is uh, the the offseason's so long that now I start – (laughs) <laughs> going against the takes I had because we've sat with him too long. I'm with you. I'm sort of now like, oh, maybe the Raiders will be injured. And I, I've gone the other way with the Dolphins, which was going to be my last beautiful mystery. I'm going to skip that. Though. It's like I was so high on them at the beginning of the offseason. Now I'm like, oh, maybe they actually that they won't be that good. Let's. I'm going to finish my beautiful mystery with a player, uh, Justin Fields, who is a to me a, a beautiful mystery because he's one of the greatest uh, running quarterbacks of all time in terms of his running ability. We, that was a surprise that he was that good as a runner. He's sort of been a little opposite of his profile coming out of school. Like, yes, his deep accuracy is supposed to be great. We just haven't had a chance to see a lot of it. I don't know what to think about Justin Fields. I think the ceiling is so high. I think the floor is a little lower than I would like. I'm looking forward to watching him play, but that offense to me is a beautiful mystery. And I'm not, I'm not confident going into the season that he's going to be great. But if you told me he had a Jalen Hurts type of year where he's in the MVP, like that wouldn't shock me either. So to me, Fields is, is just a mystery, especially what they do in terms of the passing game, how they do the running game this year. I, I'm not sure what we're going to get. I'm confident. You are. Uh, yeah, I, I think he doesn't have Jalen Hurts type pieces. I seen it enough. Uh, around, but like it, when you go from Equinemius St. Brown being your best option to receive yeah. DJ Moore, like I, I have to feel okay. better about that. You're probably That's, right. It's it's partly the Getsy thing. It's partly the I haven't felt overly confident with the tape he's put out there. 
passing the ball. Not as good as I. There hasn't been like great glowing reporting around Fields over the past month plus. It's been a sort of a strange preseason for him. Um, It always. But it's all there for him to. No, it is. It always concerns me though when like 98% of the people just assume he's going to be Jalen Hurts. Um, growth process like we don't know that like just because there's someone that we saw do that doesn't mean that he can accept at least half of his game I thought he got better as a passer first of all if you he really did I think that's a little bit slept on um, like doing QB index there was no quarterback that people would reply um, on X in my mentions and say like this guy actually stinks you keep rising him up the rankings and like no he's devastating people with his legs and can he grow as a passer? Like, shouldn't most quarterbacks be growing as a passer from year yes. two, three, four? And also, he was making those scramble decisions on passing plays. So, like, that's a part of the passing game. So, I think it's yes. fair to, to, to include that in passing. He is as Mike Vick-like on just, like, a scramble. I know his different body types can run over a guy like Vick couldn't. But as Mike Vick-like on just a scramble when he decides to do it as anyone since. Lamar's at that level or better, but he's just a different sort of player. Yeah. Uh, my beautiful mystery is a former mystery, which was not a mystery at all before. It's Michael Thomas. Ooh, that's I think one. the Saints can win a whole lot of games. Mm. It, am, am I out of my mind to think Michael Thomas could have 100 receptions in 2023? I mean, if he stayed healthy, that's the that's the mystery. Sure. I don't think you're out of your mind. Okay. Uh, I think it's we. Anyone, I do have 40 he's catches done it. Jalen Rager. That was. A, well, know. you did you do that at that moment, but. Uh, <laughs> He's done it, but it's like I, I can't think of too many like Hall of Fame type careers that went completely south because of health. And it's like, where is his body? It also might be tough just because I think Olave is the one there. He's so good. Mm-hmm. And Juwan Johnson's going to get his share. Uh, but if, 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 you t- if you told me Michael Thomas plays 17 games, I, would, I don't think an over under at like 80 is wild at all. And that's, that's, that's in the ballpark. Hunter Info got you know caught a lot of balls. <laughs> Derek Carr, I'm just saying that that's fair. Um, that is it. We've uh, we've hit the beautiful mysteries. Thank you, Eric. Behind the glass, the chimes. Was that a uh, was that a tuning fork on one of them? I, I didn't know what that tone was. It was like <laughs> I have no idea. But that doesn't mean a reference to. <laughs> it's a beautiful mystery. <laughs> it, it is a beautiful mystery. No mystery. What uh, Thursday show going to be? It's an annual favorite of uh, the Around the NFL listeners. It's the hot butt rankings heading into the season. And, and Dan will be back for that. You know he's not missing the hot butt rankings. He can't miss the, the Ravens streak ending and hot butts. No, be no. Like, we'd be concerned about that. No. Yeah. We'll, we'll you would up. need to, like, file a missing person. Yes, report. that would be a mystery. So uh, we will be back on Thursday with those hot butt rankings uh, for, uh, for Mark Sessler and Patrick Claybon. I'm just going to go ahead. I'm going to say goodbye right now. He's the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.